KFI AM 640. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. Uh, you know what? I, I'm sure you've heard this story before. A couple years ago, I had an emergency room visit, massive chest pains, freaking out. And it uh, turns out I did not have a heart attack. I had a big old gallstone heading to my intestine on its way to my pancreas to kill me. And so I had to have emergency gall, gallbladder surgery. But I'm a detective, so I wanted to know why, 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 why. And I ended up in the office of a primary care physician saying, why, why, why? And um, they said, well, the gallstones are made of cholesterol. I'm like, well, that's impossible. I've eaten a low-fat diet my whole life. So they send me to a cardiologist who does like pages and pages of blood work, who sends me to a registered dietitian. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting in the office of this woman who tells me everything I ever thought about nutrition was wrong and that it is sugar that causes heart disease. Sugar is cancer's favorite food. Sugar is in everything we eat pretty much. And every grain we eat, yes, that includes whole grains, eventually turns into sugar in our body, which becomes plaque on our arteries and can cause inflammation in the brain. So I went on the crazy no sugar, no grain diet. Uh, you know, 20 pounds just flipping fell off me. Didn't have weight to lose, but it went anyway. But what I was unprepared for is how good my brain felt. I could remember things. Don't test me. <laughs> I could remember things. So I'd like to welcome to the show the woman who changed my life, and she may not even know it, Susan Dopart. Hi, Susan. Are you with me? I am with you. Thank you, Wendy. What a, what a lovely introduction. And you are known as the doctor's dietitian because you mostly work with physicians for their hard-to-treat clients, right? Exactly. You know, I call myself the end of the line. <laughs> okay, so I want to have you with me for a couple segments here, and we're going to go through a lot of things, and I'm just, I have no interview planned because I just have a million questions for you. So when sure. people come to me, and I try to tell everybody, because I'm an evolutionary psychologist, that back in our hunter-gatherer days, we walked and walked and walked and walked and grazed and grazed and grazed. And when we did get to the dinner table where there was protein, we were probably the last animal to the table. So mostly we sucked on the skin and the fat and the bone marrow. And so we were very much nuts and high fat and vegetables. Right. Is this diet right. for everybody? Well, I mean, you have to look at how your metabolism is. Um, you know, there's people that are insulin sensitive, meaning, you know, they can kind of eat most of what they want and their pancreas secretes just the right amount of insulin and their metabolism works like a champ. But research is showing more and more of us are becoming insulin resistant, meaning when we eat a big bowl of pasta, you know, there's a bit of a delay in getting in. So our pancreas over secretes insulin, which again causes um not only weight gain, but can um, cause heart disease, cancer, infl inflammatory issues, things like that. Um, so, and you know, we're not we're not designed to move around. You know, we don't wash our cars anymore, and um, we're not as nearly as active as we used to be. We don't, like you said, have to hunt for our food anymore. And in Los Angeles, most of us are just in our cars. Oh, I know. Uh, so Sitting we're, is we're the not, new smoking, isn't it? Exactly. Sitting is the new smoking. And so, you know, you may go to the gym and work, you know, work out like a gym rat for an hour. But if you're sitting the rest of the day, your insulin receptors are just going to go to sleep. And research shows that um, it's actually better to move around throughout the day than 
to work out hard in the morning and sit the rest of the day. Exactly. We were like slow, constant. Our hunter-gatherer ancestors walked about 12 miles a day. They were just walking and walking and walking, and here we are sitting. And it does help release insulin. So uh, your friend, our common friend, Dr. Sandra Fallon, the cardiologist Mm -hmm. who specializes in women's heart health, says that the only people who should not be on the low-carb diet would be people who are severely underweight to begin with, in her opinion. Yes, underweight and very insulin-sensitive. And very insulin-sensitive. you know, they exercise a lot, you know. So, But, you know, we also have people that we call tofies, and this is actually a medical term, thin on the outside, fat on the inside. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people walking around who think, oh, I'm thin, I can eat whatever I want, and it turns out they may have a lot of fat on the inside, um, and can be pre-diabetic or have heart disease and not even know it. Now, our food industry is set up completely backwards. Low fat, high sugar, everything, right. it seems. The snack world era. Yes. And it has created a diabetes crisis. Tell me more about that. Well, it's kind of a, a very long story, but years and years ago, a researcher named Ansel Keys had done some, quote, he had some actually done some very good research on starvation And then he did some research on heart disease, and unfortunately, that research was never able to be duplicated nor found. But that's the premise of, you know, this low-fat, high-carb, low-cholesterol diet from years and years ago. And then we find out, you know, maybe one or two years ago that the sugar industry paid, you know, different researchers at institutions to say fat was the issue, not, not sugar. And so that wasn't true. And so now we know that um, really sugar and carbs are the issue because, you know, if you're consuming more carbs than your body can handle, your pancreas is going to work too hard. The extra glucose is going to go to your liver like you experienced. And then, you know, you can have more cholesterol, triglycerides, what we call cholesterol particles, which are the things that circulate in your blood and cause plaque. And the food industry has just, you know, made that worse because, you know, carbs are inexpensive, they're easy, you know, you can pick up a million different processed sugary, starchy carbohydrate foods, but protein and good fats are harder to come by. You know what's one secret, Susan Dopart, that I learned is that once you get yourself off sugar, you actually don't crave it anymore, and if anything, even you taste sugar in its natural format. Like to me, spinach tastes sweet now. Tomatoes mm-hmm. taste sweet. And well, your your tongue, your sweet threshold gets reset to the way it's supposed to be, yes. rather than this elevated thing of being more and more and more sweet. Exactly. And even in our hunter gatherer past, when we did eat fruit, do you think any fruit was allowed to get super ripe on the vine? All the animals chipped away at it and ate it. <laughs> so we have this food industry that even ripens fruit more than it needs to uh, and puts well, more sugar. modern fruit. Yeah, it, it's modern fruit that's pre-picked and gassed in warehouses. So it ends up being much higher in fructose than the fruit of our ancestors, which was wild um, and seasonal fruit. And let's talk a couple practical things. What can families do? I mean, they're busy and they've been living on processed food and drive through, etc., What are some quick tips you can give families to help them eat real food that's high in fat, low in carb, and healthy for us? Well, to start with more things that don't have labels, you know, to 
have more unprocessed things. Shop at the, you know, everyone's heard this, but shop in the periphery of the grocery store. Um, try to buy more vegetables and fruits in season or things at the farmer's market. And, you know, try to make a few meals, even if it's just, you know, roasted chicken or um, a salad at night. So you're ending up eating more things that are real than processed. Right. Okay. Can you stay with us, Susan Dopart? Uh, you can find more information about her on susandopart.com. We're going to run to a break. When we come back, let's talk about this new area of nutritional psychiatry. Are we going to get off our antidepressants? You're listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. Larry Perel has the news. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. And my guest, Susan Dopart, is a registered dietitian and nutrition and fitness consultant who is known as the doctor's dietitian. You can find her at susandopart.com. All right, Susan, I am noticing how many psychopharmaceuticals people are using and those numbers keep going up. And therefore, Mm -hmm. I'm really fascinated by this emerging industry of nutritional psychiatry. Is it possible to treat our mental health with food? Well, it's interesting because our gut has an incredible ecosystem. Um, it has actually uh, more, more cells than we have in our whole body. And so the gut, the healthy gut is important, not only in digestion and metabolism and immunity, but it actually makes 90% of our serotonin, you know, AKA the happy hormone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what's produced in our gut. So if our gut isn't happy, you know, and the gut is referred to as the second brain, then there's going to be a compromise with how much serotonin our body can make. So when you're just always treating it with medications, you're treating the symptom, not the cause, right? So how do we get our, we call it the gut microbiome, you know, when that's healthy and imbalanced, we're much more likely to be happy, energetic, have a strong metabolism, you know, and if it's out of balance, we'll have chronic ill health, you know, insulin resistance, weight gain, diabetes, depression, you know, autoimmune diseases. So I think we have to think about it in a little more thoughtful way of how do we get our gut happy so it makes enough serotonin and we don't always have to think about defaulting to medications. And how do we make our gut healthy and happy? Well, that's a very complicated <laughs> uh, question, but part of that is, you know, eating a healthful diet of whole real foods, eliminating processed foods and sugar or foods we're sensitive to, and really having more plants. Um, you know, a lot of people say a plant-based diet, but it's not really about a plant-based diet. It's just eating enough plants that um, have nutrients in it that feed our gut so that our gut can um, do what it's supposed to do, you know, and um, part of that is getting rid of so many artificial sweeteners, which are not advantageous to our gut, and which go to the thing you talked about a few minutes ago, where, you know, they um, create a system where you want more and more sweet, but they deliver almost a one-two punch. They alter the gut microbiome, and they also increase insulin resistance. Yeah, so, I, I find that even diet drinks suddenly throw me out of ketosis and start me craving sugar again. 
It's amazing yeah. how that works. Well, there's so many thousands of times sweeter than sugar. So people think they're free, but they're not free to your gut or your metabolism. So what about buying probiotics? The ones I buy the ones at Whole Foods in the fridge that say billions and billions of strains. Mm-hmm. Are they good? Are they real? Well, I think buying, a, if, if your gut is compromised, getting on a probiotic, which has at least 50 billion bacteria, is a good idea. The research is a little unclear whether how, how long you have to maintain taking the probiotic. Mm-hmm. But if you have gut issues, it's always good to to be on a probiotic unless you have something called SIBO, which is a whole other thing that uh, we could do a whole show on. But okay. <laughs> um, I think it, in general, um, taking a good probiotic is good, but also including something in your diet called prebiotics. And prebiotics are things uh, in your diet that feed the probiotics that, that what, help your oh, body. Oh, what do probiotics eat? What do, what do I need to be feeding those bugs? Yeah, prebiotics are, are things that have non-digestible natural fibers like uh, Jerusalem artichokes, which are also called sunchokes, asparagus, onion, leeks, radishes, jicama. Um, because the human gut can't break them down, um, once they reach the, the colon, which is a large part of your intestines, um, they become the nutrient source for those beneficial bacteria. Oh, well, I eat all of those vegetables, so that's good. And before we go, I just want to say the other issue with mental health is inflammation in the brain, isn't it? I mean, just right, if we reduce right. inflammation overall, we're going to feel better in our head. Well, you know that new book that came out about a year ago, The End of Alzheimer's by Dale Bresden, um, you know, which is a great book for people who have the APOE4 gene, which is the Alzheimer's gene. He basically says carbs and sugars are evil for the brain. Yeah, um, and I believe feed it. inflammation. I believe so, it. So, you know, it, it's, it, you know, he talks about how there's no drug for Alzheimer's because, you know, it's like you have 36 holes in the roof of your, your brain. But if you start to really take out the sugars and starches and carbs, in addition to, you know, quite a few other things he outlined, it can be a great start for, you know, helping with mental clarity like you talked about earlier. Susan, I'm so sorry that we have to run to a break, but thank you so much for being with me. If people would like to find you or one of your many books, uh, go to susandopart.com. Do you want to say the name of your most recent book so we get it on the air? Sure, 101 Ways to Control Your Diabetes. Oh, yes, we all need those. But it's really 101 Ways to Control Inflammation. Right. Thank you, Wendy, for having me on. I so appreciate it. Always a pleasure spreading the good news around. Thank you, Susan Dopart. When we come back, are you part of a couple, and you're wondering, when you're not in the mood, if you should still have sex? I've got some research on what the answer is. This is the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. Larry Perel has the news.